What's going on? Shh. Morning. Breakfast, anyone? Welcome to episode 30 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on a podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Maggie. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt, Ketter and myself. So episode 30 of The Tribe, uh, the screenplay was done by Mike Kenny. It was directed by Lawrence Wilson and the episode synopsis will be read out by Maggie. Food continues to go missing from the supply, and though Trudy has forgiven Celine the wrongdoing, she encouraged her to come clean to the rest of the group. With the date set for Zandra's and Lex's nuptials officially set, Lex tries to convince Ryan to write the wedding vows for him. The Mallrats vote to make Sasha an official member of their tribe, but is he finally ready to settle down? So episode 30 um, establishes that Sasha is a part of the tribe, albeit perhaps a temporary one, with the theme of the Pied Piper running strongly throughout. Um, so panel, yeah, what did you think of Sasha playing the Dream Must Stay Alive theme on the flute? And how do you think his arrival affects all the different dynamics to the tribe and relationships between the various Morats? I found it adorable that he was playing the dream of Stay Alive. You know, you see all of them instantly being drawn to it, coming together. He, he instantly charms Lex by making him out to be the big hero, mm-hmm. which was a very smart move on his end. And yeah, I just love this little moment. Everything about this episode and Sasha's arrival, his official, you know, he's here in the mall. This whole episode feels like a dream. It's very surreal. And for example, Sasha playing The Dream Must Stay Alive, it, it's, it breaks the fourth wall. It has a, um, a, what is that theater effect? Like the, not the Brexit effect, you know, <laughs> but it, um, Ugh, I can't remember the name, but it sounds similar. And the whole point of that effect when you're doing theater is you want the audience to forget they're watching a play and you want them to think about what they're watching. And this episode makes me think of that. Like it's, it wants you to think about, you know, the fact that the theme, you know, the Pied Piper and that's what Sasha represents. And um, so I, I kind of feel like you're not really in the episode. It forces you outside of the episode and uh, it's very artistic, the way it's filmed and directed, and the lighting mm-hmm. is different, the camera angles. Um, it's like an art house episode. It's very interesting. Uh, it's almost like the beginning of a dream until Sasha will be gone, and then we'll go back to, we'll wake up once he's gone, you know? Um, yeah, it was like the first thing I noticed. I was like, is it just me, or is the lighting different? Uh, is the camera angles different? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like they just chose to film it differently because Sasha's here and he's influencing the mood of everything and everyone. Um, it's like they stepped into a fairy tale with Sasha for a little while and they don't know what to do with this giddy Disney princess in their midst. He does like affect everyone in it, his aura and just 
like upbeat personality. He just he slightly changes everyone around him. He does. He's just yeah. running around with fairy dust. <laughs> right. It just doesn't work for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like queer eye for the uh, uh, queer eye, but it's like personality wise instead. <laughs> he's not changing your fashion. He's changing your outlook on life. Like Patsy I, says, Sasha's magical powers. <laughs> I was just waiting for him to get the rats to do the cleaning for them. That would have been something. Yeah, the rat motif is strong in this episode. Like, I don't think we've ever spent as much time with the rats. It's crazy. Like, there are moments that they literally wrote something in just so they could include the rats. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just to get that motif across to you. Uh, yeah, it's just... Very Which, yeah, fits into the Pied Piper team. Yes, it does. We get overarching narrative, like narration. We've never gotten that before. It's just, it's really wild the way they decided to film this episode. I like it. It was very ch- change up, and that's mm-hmm. of course that's what Sasha is too. He's a change up to our entire environment. And again, I do like that he brings out different uh, personality aspects out of these characters. You know, you see Amber billing to be jovial and a little silly when he's around. Um, I know most of the panel's thoughts on Sasha, but um, yeah, Maggie, what do you think of uh, the character? Um, I'm not entirely sure or like certain about him. I never have been. Uh, maybe that's because I'm a Bray fan. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Uh, I know that it would have been good for Amber. To have someone like that, you know, in her life, it definitely, like Liz said, made her more jovial and willing to, to work with others around her, opposed to just implementing her will, you know? Um, but again, like I said, I, I'm a Bray fan, so I might be a little biased there. <laughs> Bias? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, none of us is biased, really. Not on this panel, never. <laughs> I think he was good for the kids. I think the kids really needed that. So that was nice. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. He was so good with them. I feel like if anyone mm-hmm. got gypped from Sasha leaving us, it was the kids. They yeah, for sure. So freaking happy and just, he genuinely enjoyed being with them and entertaining them. And oh, they were just all into it, you know? But he instantly tries to teach them something as well. I mean, Yes, Celine has tried to teach the music, but not in a way that the kids actually enjoyed. Yeah. Or at least not to this level. So while it may seem like he's just having fun, he is bringing something to the whole group. Yeah. It's an effervescence, you know, and it affects just about everybody in a positive way. Just about everybody. Just about. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> they forget their hangups. They let go of the drama. You know, they're... They're crinkled, their, their, their foreheads are all crinkled usually with worry. and It's almost like they're looking for things to be upset about and be concerned about. And Sasha comes in and says, ah, none of that matters. And everyone's like, huh, it doesn't matter. Why, why was I worried about that? Why did it matter? You know, and mm-hmm. hey, the kids make noise with Sasha and even Trudy isn't getting mad about it. Because they're yeah. so happy. <laughs> they're not being destructive with their noise. They're just enjoying themselves. And it's a joy to watch them. It truly is. Like, oh, look at the kids being kids. 
You're not well, Selene. They'd hate me. They'll think I'm disgusting. I don't only steal the food, I waste it. They'll understand. No. I was feeling bad. I won't do it again, Trudy. Please, help me. I don't know. I respected your wishes, didn't I? These are mine. Don't tell, please. I can't sort this out. In a conversation with Trudy, um, she says that she doesn't blame Celine for leaving her to die, but she does urge her to come clean about the missing food. Instead, scared that she will be thrown out of the tribe after Lex's earlier outburst, she guilt trips Trudy into keeping quiet. Um, yeah, panel, that is that specific part that I want to focus on for a minute. Um, regardless of Trudy's personal feelings about Celine abiding to her wishes, um, do you think she really should have kept quiet about the food going missing? It's a difficult one. Yeah. <laughs> You know, when someone confides you a deep-seated issue they might have, you know, you don't always know whether or not you should say something to somebody, um, especially if they could be in danger or they could hurt themselves. And there's that part of you, like, wants to give them a chance to fix it themselves, you know? Yeah. And then also there's just the guilt of, like, feeling like you owe this person something. Mm -hmm. Celine's definitely playing on that. And it's just really hard, especially when you're young and you have friends. I mean, I think it's a little easier when you're an adult to do the hard thing with your friends because you have a better perspective. Like if you have a friend who's an alcoholic and you have to drag their butt into rehab, you can do that as an adult. You know, that's the right thing to do, even if they'll hate you, you know, but could you do, could you tell on your alcoholic friend if you were 15, you know, their friendship means so much to you. You're terrified of losing it. And uh, so, yeah, it's a really tough choice to have to make at that age. I don't know if I, I, would, I know I would have found it really difficult. Ah, uh, by me too, for sure. Mm -hmm. I get where Fumi's coming from, though. At first, asking her to please tell everyone. So, you know, just be fair and telling her they would understand. Because to a certain degree, they've always been understanding from whatever struggles Trudy had. So she has no um, reason to think they would act otherwise involving Celine. Yeah. And I, I agree. Trudy's definitely in the right in the sense that Celine should tell everybody and that, no, they're not going to throw her out. Um, yeah, Lex said it, but come on, it's Lex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Celine should know that the others wouldn't let Lex throw her out in the street over this. You know, um, she has proof that they wouldn't. You know, Jack was hoarding food. They didn't throw him out. They didn't even punish him. You know, um, so, yeah, it's just, I, I think it has less to do with Celine being afraid they'll kick her out and just more what they'll think of her if they know mm -hmm. that this is what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I understand why she kept quiet, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, Celine did so much for her, and she's willing to give her that chance to see if she can really get better in a short period of time. But she's going to be keeping a close eye on her. Yeah, Trudy, she has those fantastic looks <laughs> where she just stares at Celine from across the room. It's like, yeah, <laughs> watching. I don't miss that being young and like having a friend tell you a dark secret and then swear you to secrecy over it, you know? And it just makes you really uncomfortable to keep the secret. Yeah. It's like, why did you mm -hmm. tell me this? You know, like. Especially somewhat, something like this that's so important. It's food. You know, I, you can't have food just going missing in this type of environment. Mm. So there's that aspect as well with Trudy not telling everybody. Mm. It's like who, someone else might get blamed for it and everyone's mm -hmm. going to be really distrustful. It mm -hmm. creates bad vibes where they don't need to be there. Yep. And, um, yeah, it's, 
I do, I feel terrible for Trudy to be put in that position. Yeah, for sure. To keep this kind of secret and feel obligated to keep it because she feels she owes Celine. Right. Um, let's play a little bit, a little game of what if, like if like Lex went full on and did um, point the finger at Sasha, like, do you think Trudy would have came forward then? Mm. Uh, you know, some, hmm. <laughs> that's, so, that's tough. Had it been anybody else in the tribe that the finger was pointed at, I think she would have. Yeah, but but it's Sasha. They don't know him. I I don't know. I don't know. That's true. And Sasha's already said he wants to leave. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of your brain that could rationalize that. Well, he doesn't want to be a part of us. Yeah. You know, I don't want to throw one of our own tribe members under the bus for this guy that we barely know who's already going to leave. But at the same time, something tells me that Trudy would say something at least mm-hmm. to Amber. Oh, for sure. I think she would have gone in private. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think she would have announced it to everybody. No. You know, she would have been discreet, but I feel like she would have taken someone like Amber or Bray aside and said, look, here's the truth. Sasha didn't do this, and I don't want you to think he did, and this is what's really going on. And she could have easily guilt-tripped Bray into um, feeling like the whole situation with Celine was his fault. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Judy, she's out of her blaming phase. <laughs> yeah, but still, you know, I, I think she could have found a way to keep Sasha in the clear without having to break it to everyone. Yeah, I think if that's what happened, she would have felt the need to say something to someone. I don't think she would have been comfortable allowing even a stranger to take the blame for this. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know if she would have gone to Bray, though. I think she would have gone to Amber. Yeah, I definitely agree she would have gone to Amber. Um, maybe Bray. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think she would have gone to somebody. I do find it annoying that, that Celine can sit there knowing that someone else could be blamed for this. And yet she's like contributing to the lie of what could have happened. Like trying to gaslight Amber. Maybe you miscounted. Mm-hmm. This is right after Bray just said there were at least 10 bars of chocolate. Mm-hmm. Amber clearly didn't miscount anything. Yeah. I, I, You know what I mean? I just feel like she... She took it a little far to cover her tracks. Like, I get her sitting in silence, but to contribute to the chaos, I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. Like, she didn't care if someone else got blamed, you know? I I didn't like that. She was way too wrapped up in her own state of mind of, please don't let them blame me for what I did. I do think Bray should have been a little bit more upset about the fact that Dude, this food went missing. Food that he had to risk himself to get. Mm-hmm. He seems a little low-key about it. But even when he did get upset, everybody acted like he was, you know, I don't know. It was it was weird. Yeah, he gets upset in the he next gets, episode or something. In the yeah. next one, yeah. Like, eventually he does. But yeah, you're right, and he should have. Especially with that chocolate going missing and then, you know, being questioned about it. And I don't know. Bray's weird. I mean, his focus is right now on obviously the happening between Sasha and Amber. Yes. So he's a bit. <laughs> yes. He's the typical teenage boy. <laughs> the look on his face. Howdy, Bray. That's <laughs> that broody there for you, I tell you. Ryan, I'm begging you. These are vows, Lex. Things like, I promise to be honest. And yeah, I know. It's why I need your help. Just tell you can't read or write. Start off honest with her. Get real? This is Zandra we're talking about. She'll laugh at me. Yeah, well, you'll know how it feels then, won't you? Yeah, before we get to Amber and Sasha, let's um, take a moment to talk about 
um, Lex and Ryan, because um, you know I'm a big Ryan fan, and seeing him hurt is quite painful. <laughs> so we see a few scenes where um, Lex admits to Ryan that he knew the money stash was worthless. Um, and due to this, Ryan refuses to write Lex's wedding vows, and he also urges him to come clean to Zandra about his literacy. Um, and then an interesting scene happens where he turns to Bray for advice on how to act towards Zandra. Um, panel, yeah, what did you think about um, Ryan turning to Bray? It's one of those moments that felt like, am I, this is a dream. It didn't feel like this is something that would happen in real life. It, it's when the script went off into its fantasy realm and the art house vibe came in. It, like the, the angle over the camera staring up at them, the way Ryan is petting a rat. <laughs> Everything, it felt like a surrealist painting. <laughs> like, like, so it, it was just a little writing exercise someone got and they decided to put it in here. <laughs> I do like it though. I mean, if anything would annoy Lex to absolutely an extreme level, it would be Ryan asking Brave for advice on women. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just strange though, isn't it? Like, yeah, why? I, I think maybe because he knows the way. Lexus treating women isn't right. Mm -hmm. And well, Bray is the total opposite. Or at least in Ryan's mind, he is. Yeah, I was going to say, is he though? Is he really the total opposite? <laughs> in, in Ryan's mind, he might be because, well, older girls seem to like Bray. <laughs> true. That's true. Well, he's never seen Bray purposely mistreat any of the girls. They may, have their, you know, they may have their misunderstandings and there could be hurt feelings, but Bray has never sought out to hurt anyone. And how and, much of that does Ryan really know anyway? Right. You know, so what yeah. he's seeing is Bray, in Ryan's eyes, is just a nice guy mm -hmm. who isn't purposely trying to hurt anybody or purposely cheat on anybody. So to Ryan, to Ryan Bray is the opposite of Lex, you know? Uh, and if he's going to emulate any male, it says a lot that Ryan would rather emulate Bray than his own best friend. Um, mm. Especially when he actually previously said he wished he was more like Lex so girls would like him. And um, I do feel like this is a turning point for Ryan. Uh, for Just the fact that he's going after advice because he wants to continue pursuing Zandra. I feel like that's a mm. big deal. Yeah. Whereas, you know, just a few episodes ago, he would have taken it at a loss. She doesn't want me. She always wants Lex. Lex told me to stay away from her. But here's Orion who's like, you know what? I am going to continue trying to woo her until she's completely off the table. There must be something I can do. And that's Ryan being actively pro, like being proactive about trying to woo the woman he's in love with. How can he tell her how can he get convey to her what he'll be for her what he's willing to do he doesn't have the words so he's asking someone who's better with the ladies like how can i show her that i'll take care of her and i'll protect her from the things that scare her and freak her out you know i, so I thought that was very interesting for ryan i i found it so adorable when he came to Zombra with that cage full of rats oh, poor ryan <laughs> you have no clues he would just you but know? that's the thing, if he would have known at her at all, he would have known that she would have freaked out. <laughs> like, it's Zandra. But all he thought was, look, I have to be locked up, they can't hurt you anymore. Oh, Ryan. Oh. <laughs> I know, that is like the sweetest way to I know. protect you. Oh. These rats, because he he's like, if she sees these rats running around, she's going to freak out. 
And this mm-hmm. is way of proving like I took, not only did I take care of it, you didn't have to ask me, I caught yeah. them, you don't have to worry about it. Like that is a very romantic thing. It was, it was a very sweet gesture for sure. Yeah. And he shows her that he actually did this and not is not just saying that he took care of it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like um, your partner folding the towels just the way you like them, just because they know that's how you like it. Like that's yeah. romantic. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things I tell you it's the little things you know yes. um, it's a harsh lesson for Ryan unfortunately that mm-hmm. she does not appreciate these sort of gestures and uh, that's going to be a lesson for Zandra to learn but I do feel like for Ryan this episode something clicked something just went off when he realized that Lex had lied to him about the money um, it's just like everyone said it meant so much to Ryan and I think there's a lot of truth in that. It did mean a lot to Ryan. So for yeah. Lex to have lied to him about this thing that meant so much to him, something just snaps in Ryan's brain. Because from here on, and he won't, he won't let Lex treat him as much of a doormat as he has in the past. He won't automatically be on Lex's side. Um, he is, will be far more likely to stand up to Lex. I mean, even in this episode, straight up, when Lex goes, think of all the things I've done for you. And Ryan goes, yeah, I did that. Answer still no. Yep. <laughs> Something about Lex lying about the money and even laughing at Ryan. See, the laughing part is what got me. The lying part, not so much. But when he laughed in his face. Yeah. yeah. Something, something clicked for Ryan. And he's starting to evaluate this friendship, you know. I mean, at least Ebony was instantly laughing about it. Yeah. You know? Like, I, I feel like Lex let him believe this. Because Ryan so badly wanted to believe it, mm-hmm. you know, but like I said, him laughing in his face afterwards, like that, that was where I was like, okay, yeah. we're not cool anymore, you know? And he had time and time again to tell Ryan mm-hmm. about the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. he had no intentions of ever no. telling him about the money. And yeah, he finds it funny that Ryan made a fool of himself trying yep. to buy back one of their tribe members. Yep. And here's Ryan trying to let Lex down about the money. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't care what your intentions were, Lex. You're a dick. <laughs> I was not cool. That's what I'm saying. Them. Like, it, his intentions might have been that way, or that's what I thought they were, you know, when I first watched <laughs> things and whatnot. But then, like, having him laugh at him, I'm like, no, there's no way that his intention was ever to spare Ryan's feelings. Yeah. He <laughs> never cared about Ryan's feelings. Yeah. And, yeah, I just feel like, for Ryan, there's something snaps at this point in this friendship. Because you can only care about a person so much. Oh, yeah. Before it hits you that they don't care about you in return. And I was proud of him for not me writing too. the vows, for standing mm-hmm. up for himself and making it clear that, no, you're not going to guilt me into this, Lex. You're, what you did was wrong. I'm not cool with it. And, dude, if you're going to marry Zandra, maybe you should start with being a good man who's worthy of her and give her the freaking truth. Isn't that what these vows are supposed to be about? You know, and I was really proud of him <laughs> that just yeah. if you're going to marry her, tell her you can't read. How long are you going to be able to hide it from your wife, Lex? And oh, she'll laugh at me. Well, now you know how it feels, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job, Ryan. Sasha. That's me. About this babe business. Yeah. Don't. Um, it's not meant to put you down or anything. Not around the kids. They look up to me. So you don't mind, but not in public? I didn't say that. I'll let you know. Okay, babe. Don't push it. 
so throughout the episode, we see the attraction between the two become more and more obvious. Um, and a lot of exchanges of babe being thrown around. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, panel, first of all, what did you think of the idea of Sasha and Amber? I loved it, but you know, I've never been a Bramble fan. (laughs) (laughs) He brought out a more fun side of Amber, and I really like that. You know, she finally seemed like a human being instead of some sort of robot wanting to get everything right. Like, yeah, how adorable is it to see a like smiling and saying babe? Like, it's like, it's just. Yeah, I, I think Sasha is very good for Amber in a lot of ways. But I also can understand why there wouldn't be a longevity to this relationship. Yeah. Because... There didn't need to be. Oh, no, I'm not saying there had to be. I'm saying that I don't feel like this... If Sasha had stayed, that this relationship would have, you know, been the great love affair. Um, I do think it was very nice affair, a short affair, and it was really good for Amber. But Sasha takes... It into such the extreme like okay here's amber who worries about everything tries to take care of everything tries to dictate everything and here's sasha who's you know adding some light-heartedness into her life and clears her head like you don't have to think about that right now it's okay to laugh and smile and be silly and just have fun but he takes it into such the far extreme that amber would never be satisfied that way. right yeah she couldn't have a partner who's never concerned about no. anything there's got to be a balance. Right. She's going to want to talk about her concerns and Sasha's mm-hmm. response is to be like, eh, don't worry about it. And that's yeah. impossible. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's not yeah. the type. Right. You know, and so I feel like he was just too extreme. He's good for her, but he'd have to tone it back if this was going to last for more than a weekend, you know. Um, but I do like them together. And I think, um, I mean, it could just be Beth is a really good actress. She seems to have good chemistry with him, even though his acting isn't the greatest. But uh, I do like them together. I think they're very sweet. And I love seeing Amber freaking happy. I do. <laughs> <laughs> she, just, she deserves it. Yeah, you, you made a very good point about it in one of our previous episodes. Sasha is a summer holiday. And well, in this case, he's a summer holiday crush. And yeah. Amber needs a holiday. She needs one so bad. Yeah, for sure. And she got it, I think. But I also think, you know, when, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're good at that. laughs> you know, when it comes down to, okay, I have to think about my job and how I'm going to pay my bills. And that's when you realize this isn't going to work. <laughs> Can't live off your dreams, honey. Nope. About Bray questioning, I do you think it's a little weird because they don't show us Bray going out and asking about Sasha? I think it's strange that he went out and asked about Sasha, but for example, he never went out and asked anything about Tysan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, do, I think that's, I mean, obviously this is because Bray's jealous and everything. <laughs> so. It's a threat to his choice of women. Um, but I also think it's weird because uh, this is the same person who didn't know there was a tribal gathering happening in the city. <laughs> I'm just like, um, right, when do you think it's important to ask questions? I'm just wondering. He has selective curiosity, okay? He has selective <laughs> curiosity. It's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you were, you kept, you wouldn't talk to anybody. You had no idea a tribal gathering was happening in the city, even though you're out there getting food all the time. <laughs> and yet, because this boy showed up, you're suddenly, you're out there investigating. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> Be 
Because, duh. He's actually a lot like Lex was when Bray showed up. But even Lex didn't go out and question anybody. No, no. Suspicious. Lex was way too much of a wuss to go out there and question people about Bray. But again, it adds to the surrealist feeling of the episode, the dreamlike quality and the whole Pied Piper theme that he would go out and do this odd thing to ask about this character when there are other characters that would have made more sense to ask about, like Tysant. It would have made way more sense to ask questions about this girl who just showed up out of nowhere and rescued Chloe and brought her home. You know, But I think that's why is because, you know, she brought Chloe home. Yeah, but Sasha was on the slave block. You know what I mean? Yeah, but what? But you know, how did he get to there? Like, what led up to there? They didn't know that. But they know Dal told them. You know, this is Sasha. We both got captured by the nomads. That's why we're locked up together. You know. Um, But Dal had just met him as well. Like Bray, of course, is going to be suspicious simply because of Amber. You know. But I can I can see Bray going out into the city and asking questions just because there's a guy interested in the girl that he likes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that I is can absolutely see that. Yeah, I will say that jealous Moby Bray is really unattractive. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you mean you didn't like his pouting? Oh, I hate it. I rather <laughs> I rather Bray be a jerk who's manipulating people than pouting. I can't stand up pouty Bray. I okay. don't like it. Panel, who's worse? <laughs> Mopey Bray or Mopey Amber? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maggie, I'm going to leave this one to you. I'm going to say Amber. <laughs> I'm going to say Amber because Amber lashes out and she's mean and she's nasty. That's true. She <laughs> is nasty and mean when she's mm-hmm. upset. Yes. Bray is leave me alone, you know, but Amber is, if you get in my face, I'm going to say something I shouldn't say. But I think I would still prefer a mopey Amber because it doesn't happen as often. I, yeah, that's true. But that maybe that's why I prefer a mopey Amber because I'm used to mopey Bray. Because mopey Bray, it just happens too much. I am so sick of seeing him pout and I'm just like, get off your ass and fix this. I don't stop it. And at least when Amber got upset, I'm like, okay, I can see where she's coming from, what she's mad about. You know what I mean? Uh, we have been insensitive to her and what she's going through. But when Bray's mopey, I just, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it happens too often. I'm sorry. Just over it. I'm just over it. So I agree. Amber's probably worse because she is, we're so not used to seeing her like that. And yes. um, she's very nasty and she's very mean and extremely unproductive. But it's very rare for her to be Moby, so I would take her over him. (laughs) Well, this is one of the rare moments I agree with that. (laughs) Fair enough. Maybe I'm just used to Bray. (laughs) And it's not often that I would choose Ember over Bray. No. I'm only a little bit offended. (laughs) I'm I guess the reason I get I'm less tolerable of Bray's mopiness is because it's usually he plays the victim yeah. of the situation instead of being proactive and fixing it. It's very rare for Bray to get off his butt and fix the problem he's gotten himself into. Instead, he just sits there feeling sorry for himself. So here he is feeling sorry for himself over Amber, and it's like, dude, you could have done this. You could have. You still can get on this. What are you doing? Just <laughs> make a move. She's not kissing Sasha. She's not with him. If he's your competition, 
make a move. Amber was waiting for you to do so. And then you were like, well, we can still be friends. You just blew it up. What were you thinking? <laughs> so why, instead of moving, go do something about it, you know? So I guess that's why his moodiness bugs me more. Fair enough. At this these, guys, these guys, they know I, I prefer my characters to be proactive. <laughs> Like, do something. Don't just complain about it. I actually thought that, like, well, the first time I saw this, I thought, Bray, oh, this will push him to make a move. Right? It should have. You know? It should have. It really Absolutely should have. I also wonder, like, even though I do believe that Beth and Dwayne have way more chemistry, definitely. And I definitely believe those two were in love, even if I'm not a Bramber. I got to admit. There's something about seeing Amber's face light up when she's around Sasha. That can't feel good for Bray. Oh, He's absolutely never not. made her smile like that. He's never no. made her eyes light up like that. Um, when they're talking, it's because poor Amber's trying to solve a problem. And it's usually a problem that Bray has brought to her. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of wonder, like, what would Bray be thinking? If I was Bray, how would I feel if this person came into my crush's life and they became all bubbly and happy. And I'd be like, wow, they've, they've never been that way around me. Right. As a 16-year-old yeah. boy, how would you feel? <laughs> I'm going to go pout in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't even bring more ch- I can't even bring more animals home. I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, maybe she oh. big at that point. Oh, poor Bray. Yeah, there's no one for him to bring home. There's no children, no animals. Nope. That's usually how he copes with this. But Is that... Best bet would have been tracking down Paul. Oh, remember, we're not supposed to think about him. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> That's what his best bet would have been. If you couldn't find a puppy, then, you know, random child of the street. We're all full up. We don't need more kids. We've <laughs> got a cat to deal with the rat problem. Oh, the cat would have been good. That would have been good. Yes, that would have been smart. Too bad he wasn't thinking with that. But you know what I thought was weird is when he's talking to Ryan and he goes, you're, br- you know, you're brilliant. We need rat traps. Why doesn't uh-huh. Bray set a trap for Sasha? Like to try and trick him and find out that he's not a really nice person. Cause that's what Bray's insinuating this whole time. Right. That's what, and that's what it seems like when you're watching it, that that's what he's going to do. Right. But then he does nothing. But I know. Yeah. What was that? What, what, what the frick, Bray? That's Bray for you. <laughs> It kind of feels like a dropped plot point, yeah, because he was setting up to kind of mm-hmm. trap him. Uh, yeah. I'm going to capture him. I'm going to outwit him. I'm going to prove that he's not all he's cracked up to be. And then an hour later, Bray was like, never mind. Can't think of one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, speaking of that, like, there was a lot of hints, like the Bray, what Bray said, and then the spy bit with between um, Ryan and Lex, and the whole Pipe Piper thing. Like, do you think they were trying to drop hints that, like, there was something more devious to Sasha? I don't think they were trying to hint that Sasha was a devious character. I thought it was part of the whole artistic vibe that mm-hmm. all that glitters isn't gold. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this amazing person comes sweeping into your life and it's just a part of the artistic vibe and the theme and the tone. And I don't, but I don't really think they were trying to like foreshadow that Sasha was untrustworthy. Um, like I said, this whole episode feels more like a dream. You know, someone was just being experimental with it a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, that's why some of the conversations sound odd. 
but they're not poorly written. They just sound odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like Bray and Ryan talking about rats and Zandra. It's a bizarre conversation. Even if it's well acted and well written, it's weird, you know? Um, so I I just think it was part of the tone and the theme. Like Bray reading at the end of the episode, that is completely out of tone. With yes. So, yeah, I just, I don't think it means anything that Sasha's being compared to the Pied Piper. Just someone who was just really feeling artsy and having fun when they directed this. And it's like the musical episode of Buffy. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really count. We're never going to talk about that episode where we all broke into song. You know, it just kind of happened. (laughs) And then we go back to normal. And this episode feels like that. It's nice, though. It's a nice change up. Um... It's not offensive. It's not poorly done. It's just kind of weird and out of place. I mean, how often do you see Bray interacting with the children in that manner? You know, like him reading that story at the end. Yes. You don't see that. You don't see (laughs) that. that. So, yeah. And the kids are so engaged in that Uh story. You know, they're loving having someone read it to them. And I will say, Dwayne, he's a great orator because it sounded beautiful, the story. Like, just. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen him interact with the kids since that first episode he was in. You know, and it's overlaid over images of what everybody else is doing and just these moments. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's meant to be artsy. Yeah. Did you guys like that? Him narrating over the ending? I did, but I wouldn't want it all the time. I, oh, I accepted it once in a while. But it, it's only because it goes with this episode, the whole yes. vibe of it. It's like, oh, okay. Like it worked with this. It was a nice change, you know, but no, I would not want narration. <laughs> oh, it's just for, for a single moment, it's fine. It's nice to have it in this, in this moment in time. And I think it also works for this episode because we've just met Sasha. You know what I mean? It's almost like the episode took on the personality of Sasha. Like, yeah. um, if you guys ever watched Skins, um, Generation 1... Every episode takes on the personality and vibe of the character who is the star of that episode. So they all have different feels to them and uh, a different direction, different camera work, different uh, soundtrack to them because it's all about this character. So Cassie's episode is very different from Jal's or something. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So this is what this feels like. This is Sasha's episode. It feels like Sasha, you know, um, if Sasha were an episode, this would be it. <laughs> and so I think that's why it works because it revolves around this, this breath of fresh air who's just swooped into their lives and how this is like a visual, how, like a wall of sound uh, how stimulates you into realizing he's there. It's like, I don't know how to put it. It's just they used every, uh, all of the tools of their element to make you feel that Sasha has arrived the music the camera the lighting it's all about Sasha and how he's changing the vibe just by showing up and being in the mall people are acting different people are not bickering about stupid things the kids are just happy Tyson's not starting any trouble with anybody (laughs) (laughs) actually you just brought up a good point Tyson barely has any interaction this episode doesn't she yeah, no, she really She's just as giddy as the others by Sasha. Yeah, that. Yeah, she had that one. That one line there in the cafe, I think. And that was it. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 But I think it was poignant enough that it's all she needed to say. It set the tone, you know. 
for the episode. Sasha's all good vibes as far as mm-hmm. she's concerned. Yep. Because there's someone just as strange as her. <laughs> but you know what Sasha does remind me of? He totally feels like a Marty Sue, like a self-insert character. Like if you're going to write, you know, some people when you first write your first fan fiction and you want to put yourself in your favorite uh-huh. world, whether it's the tribe, Harry Potter, Star Trek, whatever. And you write your character to have like all the best qualities of other characters you like, but none of their flaws. Yeah. Sasha has zero flaws. He's just a really nice person. And he almost always knows the right thing to say to everyone. Um, he has no insecurities. Uh, he's insanely comfortable within his skin. He never gets into any dick measuring contest with Bray. He doesn't, you know, it's, he's just too flawless. He feels a lot like a Marty Sue. He's just a little too perfect in this world. He says the right thing to everybody. Everybody likes him except Bray, but we're not supposed to like Bray right now. So it's okay. (laughs) I was like, he reminded me when I first wrote, I was first creating a character for the tribe. And I was like, okay, she'd be like this, but she wouldn't be like this. And I was only taking all the good qualities of characters and none of their flaws. And yeah, total Mary Sue. (laughs) I think we've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) So in reality, how far is Sasha's introduction as him being, well, perfect, any different from the first moments we see with Bray and having fun, making the children smile, you know, everyone likes him except for Lex. Mm-hmm. And we get that with Tyson as well. Everyone seems to like Tyson the moment he steps in because he's different, he's new, he's a fresh face that makes people smile and makes people hold hands in a circle, which is basically just something new and weird, just like Sasha is right now. Yeah, that's a very good point. But what you'll notice the difference is with those other characters. Shortly after their initial introduction of being liked by everyone, we immediately get to see the flaws in their character. Yep. It's the next day with Bray. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Sasha, we don't get that. He stays no. Mr. Perfect until he basically leaves. Yeah. I don't think that, yeah, we had the option or the, the opportunity for him to go that route. You know, he wasn't around long enough. Yeah. If they wanted him to stay, they were going to have to give him mm-hmm. some character flaw. But I don't think they bothered because he was temporary, so. Yeah. Oh, and there's one thing I wanted to point out. Notice that Dal has forgotten all about being in love with Trudy. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? What's going on, Dal? Isn't that why? a quick crush. <laughs> she left him, so he doesn't care anymore. If that's not evidence, <laughs> the whole... Dal and Trudy's storyline was just to get them into the nomads and just to get yep. Them yep. They just drop it. He doesn't even look at Trudy. <laughs> Forgotten. That's why he <laughs> was leaving the nomads and they locked him up. Well, maybe oh. he's got a crush on Sasha now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? He was reunited with his real love and he was just like <laughs> Jack and Beck. Come on, you guys. You can't tell me that scene with them wasn't two lovers making up. Okay. <laughs> it was. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Like, they were both going out of their way to say, like, you know, Dal's basically apologizing for leaving without apologizing. Uh-huh. And Jack's, like, saying I miss you without saying I missed you. Making love with their eyes, okay? <laughs> totally making love. <laughs> Maybe take me back. Oh, man. Of course I can take me back. <laughs> And they know it. That's why they high five. (laughs) 
He's super lonely. Oh, that's what they need. And they'll be like, why did I ever think I liked Trudy? <laughs> it was the short hair. Mm-hmm. AC was as moody as Jack can be at times. True. <laughs> Do you think Jack would have abandoned him with the, the nomads, though? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. That's a tough decision. That's, 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 yeah. yeah, you know, we could have reached that point if, if it had been Jack and Al who left them all. And Jack just decided he couldn't li- leave his technology baby behind. Mm-hmm. You know, he needed to get back to that. I could see him doing that. I feel like Jack would try to talk Dal into coming back with him, though. Oh, yeah. he would have. Like, come on, Dal. But if he would have failed, he probably would have gone back, though. I, I still think he would have, because as Sabine said, you know, the technology there, he's not a living on the farm type of kid. You know what I mean? Like, that's not Jack. Okay, I already see how it would have gone. They would start the adventure. Jack would already start complaining about being outside and the sun, the and there's air, you know, there's bugs out here, and rocks in my shoes. And Dal would be like, Look, Jack, just chill. And then finally, Jack would be like, Do we have to do this? Come on, Dal. And he would try to talk Dal into going home. And Dal would be like, You know what? Fine, let's go. You know, I love you. Let's go. Aww. Oh, that's adorable. I need to see this now. <laughs> Let's write me a fanfic. Please. <laughs> this is now on my favorite list of favorite couples that we never <laughs> got to see. I'm telling you, they're one of the most tragic couples, too, man. Mm-hmm. Anyone else got any other thoughts? It's not much that happens. Like I said, it's oh. just like a sweet dream that goes by really fast. It's still not one of my favorite episodes for reasons. It's interesting. It's an interesting episode. I don't think it's a great one. Uh, for me, it's the Celine focusing so much on Celine. But we'll leave it at that. Her makeup is doing her no favors. I do not it know why. The only time it does is in season four. I'm like, why do you always make this girl look like yeah, she belongs in Oliver? Yeah. It's awful. I don't understand. Like she has a prominent chin already, and then they emphasize it. And then they sink out. Her, like They make her eyes all sunken. Like, yeah. So they like, why do you give her some of the most unflattering looks? Yeah. You take pity on her. Granted, I do think it has a lot to do with what she's going through. So she mm-hmm. physically reflects it. But, um, yeah, there's some weird looks that go with Celine, even when it has nothing to do with her mood. Remember the lion-o hair for, like, an episode? <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> is happening? <laughs> why would you do that to this poor girl? Oh, man. <sighs> Celine. I just hate seeing her every time when she's eating, when they always try to manifest her bulimia. I can't stand mm. it. Can't stand it. Drives me crazy. They tried. Yeah, I know. I still can't stand the way it looks. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that brings episode 30 to a close. Thank you to Liz and Sabine and to our guest panel member, Maggie. Um, we'll see you next time for episode 31. Um, So until then, bye. 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 Bye.